So a few years ago, I was taking a flight from Rome, from here, sorry, to uh, Slovakia, and uh, I boarded the plane, and I was, you know, when you're looking for your seat, and you're just hoping, oh, I hope that isn't my seat, I hope that isn't my seat, I hope that isn't my seat, that's not my seat, I hope that is my seat, I hope, you know, you're looking, you're looking at the different, different people down along the row who, you know, when they're a little maybe bigger, you might not want necessarily to be kind of cramped into your own little seat. So I was walking along anyway, and I found my seat, and there was a, a, a lady beside me in her late 20s, I'd say. So uh, we got talking during the flight, and I asked her what she was doing in Ireland. Does she work there? Does she live there? What's the story? And she said, yes, I'm from Austria, but she said, I work in Dublin. I said, fantastic. What do you do? She said, I work in marketing. And I said, very interesting, interesting, interesting. And then a question came to me, which I never really thought of before, because we had been talking about religious things a little beforehand. So I thought, look, if you had to market the Catholic Church, what would you do? If you had to market the church, what would you do? And it was, I, found, I found her response absolutely fascinating because often we, we, well, it can be helpful. I'm not saying we, we should secularize the church even more, but at times a secular perspective on things can actually maybe highlight where the problems are. So just from a pure marketing perspective, not, not, not that I think the church is a product, but look, bear with me for a moment. So uh, she said, well, she said, in marketing, there are basic principles. If you want to sell something, she said, look at, she said, look at the Volkswagen Group. The Volkswagen Group own, own Skoda, they own uh, Volkswagen, Audi, and Lamborghini, and Seat. Right? They're all owned by Volkswagen. But the way they advertise those cars, they don't compete with each other. Seat, generally for your younger drivers, Skoda's kind of or, uh, maybe a little, a little simpler. Uh, VW's bit more solid, Audis then for your business executives and then Lamborghinis for your sports stars, I've got a billion euro and I want to show everyone. Uh, so so that these cars, they're not competing with, with the same, with, with each other, you know, they, they have a, their own kind of segment of the market. So she said, every product that you sell has to have a unique selling point, a USP it's called, a unique selling point. So she said, what's the unique selling point of the church? And I was stunned by the simplicity of the question. Basically, what is the unique selling point of the church? What do we have that other churches don't? So if you have all these, say the churches are a menu, right? And you have all the other various world religions and, and, and beliefs, belief systems in front of you. Why would you choose Catholicism over anything else? See, for many of us, we're Catholic because our parents were Catholic. We were born to Catholic homes, families, baptized, and so on and so forth. We, we, we found ourselves on this Catholic conveyor belt. Okay. Not the worst thing, nothing wrong with it, but with today's consumerist mentality, uh, when people look at our faith amongst other faiths, why would they choose us? And the interesting thing is, as soon as she said this, I just thought, my goodness, we have been, we have been going down the wrong road for, for quite some time in Ireland because we don't speak about Catholicity with any clarity at all. We don't propose the Catholic faith with, with uh, conviction. In fact, we call it, we just call it, we talk about religion. You know, it's important to have the bit of religion. What religion? There are lots of them. Which one are you referring to? Because they're not, you know, they're, they're not the same thing. But we just talk about religion or spirituality or it's important to believe in something or it's important to believe in God. 
See, I mean, you see how, but when you think about it, how general are all of these terms to believe in God? A God of whose understanding? Which version? Which version of God? Or to have a bit of spirituality. There are wacky spiritualities out there. I mean, like, if people actually believe that they can get energy hugging a tree or walking around barefoot, I mean, is this, is this sensical? Like, is this, is this how God has chosen to reveal himself? It is not. The divine revelation is, is, is a very, very clear uh, series of manifestations and, and prophecies and so on and so forth that God has given humanity so that, so that we can come to know him as he actually is and not as people hope he is. And uh, with the best of intentions throughout the centuries, since the beginning of time, people have tried to understand how God is and they, they've pieced bits and pieces together as far as reason can take them. But the, the, the thing, the reason can take you so far, but then God has to step in and actually reveal himself. Like I can look at you and I can get your medical records. Maybe I can. If I could get your medical records uh, and look through your, your results, and I could surmise who and how you are. But as I actually speak to you, how would I know how you really are? Unless I talk to friends of yours and ask them, what, what was your experience? of John or Patrick or Mary, who, how, how is this person? How would I know unless God reveals himself to me? So for, for a, quite a long time, even in our schools, it was called, you know, RE, religious education. Wasn't, he wasn't aiming to be Catholic. He was just aiming to talk about religion. So it wasn't aiming to be specifically Catholic. It wasn't specifically Catholic. So then we finished schools not really knowing our Catholic faith with any conviction. We have ideas of God and being good and avoiding drugs and paying our taxes and being good people. And we learned how to color in maybe. But, but we didn't learn who Jesus was. We didn't learn how to have a relationship with him. This isn't blaming the school system either. There's a whole series of, of, of influ- influences that should lead us to, to a personal relationship with the Lord. The school is only one of them. But it's just... When she asked that question, what is the unique selling point to the church? It just blew me away that for such a long time, we haven't even been trying to look unique. We haven't even made any effort to make it seem like our faith has something more than others. So it's, it's, it's a very, whenever I've said this to other priests, they always ask me, interesting, interesting, what was your answer? What is our unique selling point? Okay, there's a, a couple of answers because you, you can't necessarily start with what our unique selling point is because I, I think it's too far from where most people are. And then some of our unique selling points aren't, strictly speaking, entirely unique to us, to the Catholic Church. Um, okay, so the, the, the most unique selling point we have, which, I, which, I, which, as I say, isn't actually, I wouldn't actually consider a starting point for evangelization anyway, but is the true presence of Jesus in the Eucharist. Like, that, that Jesus is truly present here. That Jesus is present in every Holy Mass. That you can actually receive Jesus' body, blood, soul, and divinity. That is unique. Again, not, not, not only to us, the Orthodox churches have valid Eucharist as well. But I think it's a very, very good... Uh, it, is, it, it, it is something specific to a, a very small number of us, but it's, it's God with us. It's Emmanuel, like it's absolutely stunningly beautiful and humbling it's something that should inspire such reverence and and humility 
And it's, it's all so in keeping with, with all of sacred scripture and tradition. So like, it's all been prepared. It's not, it's not the thoughts of, of one man or a spiritual guru, but all of this has been preparing the coming of the Lord and him remaining with us in the Blessed Sacrament. That's stunning. And then the, 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 the coherence of scripture from the beginning, this preparation for, uh, of a Messiah, this preparation of, of someone who would set us free, and all of this leading to Jesus Christ. Again, uh, that now becomes even broader again. That becomes Christianity rather than the Catholic Church. But I think what we have that's, that, that, that's, that's a little underrated or not spoken about and needs to be today is how Jesus wishes to guide us to the Father. How Jesus wishes to guide us home. How Jesus wishes to heal us here. How he wishes to heal our hearts, even more than our bodies. He wishes to heal our relationship. The all of divine revelation is trying to get us back to the heart of the Father. And fundamentally, all of divine revelation, all that Jesus does, all that the, that the church has been given, has been given for, in a way, for healing. But not, not, not just physical healing, but the healing of our relationship with the Father, healing of our relationship with, with each other, healing of our relationship with ourselves. How much does the world need healing? And we have it. We have the source of it all. We have Jesus, the source of all good. And then Jesus, as we just read in our reading from St. Paul to Timothy, the unique mediator between God and man. We find Jesus, and Jesus then wants to bring us back to the heart of the Father. This isn't, as I say, made up by any one spiritual guru who knows how long ago. This has been revealed over centuries and is entirely coherent. And I think in our, in, in our deepest heart of hearts, isn't this what we long for? That kind, of, that kind of communion and belonging and safety and security. Heaven with our heavenly father. Heaven with our, with our heavenly family. Our blessed lady as our, as our queen, as our mother, with Jesus there. The Holy Spirit uniting us all in his love with the angels and saints for all eternity. This isn't made up. This is very, very real, and our lives here are a preparation for that. So do we have something unique to offer? We, we absolutely do. Do we have something that the world needs? We absolutely do. But unless we believe it, unless we draw from this, unless I've had the personal experience of this myself, I don't think I'm going to give witness to that out in the world. So the more we draw and the more we live from Christ, the more we, we live from the Eucharist, the more we live from his healing power and have, have experienced the healing power of the Lord in our lives, and the more we can give witness to that out, out there and the world is crying out for it. Sometimes we hear expressions like, actually we all need the bitter religion. We all need the bitter prayer. I don't know what people mean when they say it like, but we need way more than a bitter religion. <laughs> we need Jesus. We need more than a bitter prayer. We need to sanctify our lives. The bar is way higher than a bitter religion and a bitter prayer. The bar is sanctity. And we won't get there without the Lord's help. But we were never meant to get there without the Lord's help. This is a collaborative effort. The Lord gives us the grace we need. We work with that grace. 
And so then in heaven for all eternity, we will recognize, we will see, we will know, we will acknowledge that all the good that we did was his grace anyway. We worked with it, but it was him. It's, it's him in, in, in us and through us. It's our yes, it's the same as, as Our Lady in the Immaculate Conception. Her yes and the overshadowing of the Holy Spirit. Her yes and the grace of God. Similarly in us, our yes, the Lord needs our, our collaboration. Then his grace can do incredible things through us. But in heaven we'll recognize that it was all him. So no matter how great our accomplishments are, they don't lead us to pride because we recognize we know it was him. We know it was God. So then he can use us to do great things without any danger. So have we something unique? We absolutely do. We absolutely do. And we can be confident in that without being in any way triumphalist. It's the Lord who chose to reveal himself. It's the Lord who leaves himself to us in the Eucharist. It's the Lord who wishes to heal us. Is that something worth celebrating? Absolutely. Is that worth getting excited about? Absolutely. Is that something we can be confident in? Absolutely. So what are we waiting for? This is the good news. And this needs to be heard. And we are the heralds. It's true there's only one mediator between God and man. And that, and that man is Jesus. And yet each one of us in a way is a mediator. Because how do we find Jesus? We find Jesus through the example of others. Through preachers and teachers. Through those who give us religious books or invite us on pilgrimages or who gave us a miraculous medal whatever it is uh, there are all sorts of missionary outreach I mean we are the Lord's hands and feet so we discover who he is and how he is through, through others through the faithful this good news needs to be proclaimed from the hilltops with confidence so we pray that the Lord will raise up a new generation of faithful young, vibrant, enthusiastic Catholics who will go out and give witness to the joy and the healing power of Jesus. Amen. Well, thank you so much for joining us uh, for our Masses and Homilies here in Holy Family Mission. We would like to ask uh, two things of you, if we may. We're about to start our new year uh, with uh, our new community members on Sunday week, the 24th of September. It's our, our eighth year, and we're delighted now to welcome uh, our new community uh, to be part of Holy Family for this year of faith formation, where they should discover a new or, to a greater depth, this personal relationship with Jesus and his transforming and healing power. So, to that end, we are also uh, restoring our uh, chapel here. Uh, unfortunately, we have a leaking roof and leaking walls, and so we were quoted recently at uh, 6,000 euro to do some work here in the chapel and some work in the house where, which has, has similar problems. So if you could help us uh, with this appeal we would be greatly, greatly appreciative so that this work can continue. We wish to uh, be instruments of the Lord in renewing the faith. We want young people to know who Jesus is. And so this, this chapel is used a lot, thank God uh, but we'd like to, to keep it in, 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 in working order and uh, to have the most beautiful place that we can for the Lord to reside in and for people to pray in. So if you'd like to support this appeal uh, to this chapel dedicated to Our Lady of Sorrows, please go to our website, holyfamilymission.ie, and you can donate there. And all donations will be greatly, greatly appreciated. God bless you.